Jake, you're talking into a Sky Sports mic right now. <laughs> I am stood in my lounge holding a Sky Sports microphone, and it is probably one of the best days of my life. All the excitement has gone gone to our heads a bit too much, isn't it? David Croft, we were in his house on his sofa. Can't believe it. And welcome to part two, the best part of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoy it. Follow the podcast. Rate it five stars. Really helps us out. Crofty, thank you so much for coming on. Without further ado, Fab, here we are. It's... Lots out away we go! Yeah! Yes! <laughs> I think I just coined my own term there. Let's go! What did you do? What did you have to do? Here we are. Oh. Here we are. Imagine that it's not right. Here, here we are! It's three lights, four lights, five lights, and here we are! <laughs> when you're shouting that in the commentary box though, are you thinking about the millions sat at home on their sofa? Yeah, yeah. do you ever get nervous? Like? Yeah, well, yeah, I get nervous. Absolutely, you do, yeah. you do get nervous if before we had, every race. Or? Honestly, if we had a dog in the commentary box, I'd have patted a bald spot. Uh, <laughs> right now. Um, but no, I do because you don't know what's coming. Is that up. why Martin's losing a bit of it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't noticed. There's one member of our team who isn't losing a bit of hair, but I spotted that out of the commentary box window the other day. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I do get nervous, and it's right to get nervous because I'm about to. As I say, broadcast without a tightrope. There's, there's, there's no safety net mm. for us. So it's right to, and that, that just adds to the adrenaline uh, of the moment. And, and if you didn't get nervous, you'd get complacent. And, and I don't think there's any room for complacency, not, not in the job that we do. It's a good nerve, isn't it? Like, I yeah. think, I, I mean, I do music, so I get nervous before every show that we play. Played a million shows, but you just, it's good nerves. Though. And then once you start, does it just completely go away? Uh, yeah, you kind of forget what you're doing yeah. to a certain extent. I'm I'm then having a conversation with my mate or mates and um, you're broadcasting to one person. There might be millions and there are millions watching around the world, but you're broadcasting to one person or two people. You know, you guys sat on your sofa. Um, you're not broadcasting to, to millions because that's that's not the way we have a conversation with people that's not the way we address yeah. people uh, to be honest and, and look and you mentioned Abu Dhabi I was talking to Ross Braun earlier this year about something completely different and then we got onto the subject of Abu Dhabi and I said Did you, where were you when you watched that he said I was at home uh, I was watching it on the TV I said well he said oh yeah and I was standing up shouting at the television <laughs> I went you he said oh god yeah you, you got me so excited I started shouting at the television yeah. and if Ross Braun a man who's had an awful lot of ups and, and a couple of downs but not many in Formula 1 over the years can start shouting at his TV then we've done something right on yeah. that you know yeah. even the, the, the calm mild mannered uh, Ross Braun was uh, was getting into it Ross which is, is a, which a nice thought we want to get him on the pod like, seriously well, he stepped down now so he's got plenty of time yeah. sorry Ross if I'm dropping you in on that one but we'll so. grab his number off you after <laughs> we're done so I mean you have it's not very often I mean it happens but it's not very often that you will have a, like a big ending like that I mean the majority of your job and what you do I imagine is at the start of the race yeah. because you've got 20 cars all going into that first corner how do you tackle that like i see i see a red car and a silver car coming towards me yeah and i'm like is it is it Perez? Even, is it you who can't is even it? tell who which rebels I mean? which can you really are you yeah. reading the numbers on the car is that how no, you know can't see the numbers so you just know what position they're in who it's likely going to be you you memorize the grid uh so the last thing i do before martin comes up to the commentary box after the grid walk is memorize the grid just so it's fresh yeah, yeah. and i'll i'll basically i'll go into a bit of a trance-like state so like that, um, where I'll just go, right, okay, Verstappen, uh, Perez, Leclerc, Sainz, Hamilton, well, it's just the other way around, so I would have Hamilton, Russell, and I'll, and I'll visualise the grid in, in my mind, and I'll go through it. 
and then it's lights out and away we go, which which I introduced because it gives you two or three seconds where you're not thinking about what you're saying. Clever. To analyse what has happened. So that's you coined that term? Well, yeah, I assume so. Yeah, well, ben Edwards did use it as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't know Ben was using it. Ben didn't know I was using it because he was broadcasting at the same time as me. He was on the BBC and I was on Sky. And we're both in different commentary boxes. And it was only after about three races. I don't know went, who Ben, ben uh, So So Ben, ben has <laughs> uh, been commentating on F1 longer than I have. Well. Uh, to be honest, he and John Watson did the, did the digital stuff in the year. Ben Ben's done... A whole host of stuff over the years. He's a, a brilliant commentator and, and a thoroughly brilliant guy as well. And uh, it's been a real pleasure to, to get to know Ben over the years. So, but what I didn't know and what he didn't know is that we were both using it. Um, yeah, on a little 50th birthday video that uh, that some of the guys put together for me. I've got Ben say, you can have the phrase now, it's yours. Um, <laughs> so Ben, if you're listening, it's mine. Um, uh, I, I think, I think I've, made, I've, I've made a bit more of it and, and people associate me with that phrase. Yeah, they do. Um, but I say it because I just want to buy myself a bit of time to see what's happened. And then after that, you just picking things out mm. and and sometimes hoping you've got it right because you don't always see everything you need to the biggest clue is that is the the camera above the the engine uh, air, air box which is yet yeah, yellow or black depending on on which driver who's the team is leader. which but well, don't some of them swip, swip well, it, yeah but it used to be team leader now it's just yeah there's not really some teams it's not really a thing anymore is no. it? Team, so this well, is so the biggest problem this season has been that after years of having the black camera, Lewis has switched to yellow. Mm. And that really has taken a bit of getting used to. Mm. And it's gone with his crash helmet and and, and, the, and the numbering on the car. But it's like, Lewis, please, please swap it back again. Because, you know, I don't just... I, I don't like change. I got used to the black camera on that one. You know, yeah, the yeah. yellow confused me for a while. And it, in Hungary, it did. It, um, for a couple of corners, actually. And... That was once again going you know back what? to broadcasting this a tightrope. Yeah, I think I remember you saying it, and I'm sitting there thinking, "He's got that fucking wrong." That's not yeah. Lewis. That's yeah, exactly. George. And and but it's it's just years of of knowing Lewis was the black T camera when when it cuts to something like that that is a bit out of sync with the rest of the lap. You, you kind of instantly go in. I mean, I should have taken a pause. And then gone yeah, in. Yeah. I kind of kicked myself a little bit afterwards that I didn't do that. Mm. But I'm like, see, I'm like football or you know, darts, you know, or horse racing or, or most other sports. Because there are so many different things happening on the lap at the same time, you there's a, there's a lot of cuts that are out of sync with a narrative that you might be saying at the time. A lot of things happen that you're not expecting to happen, and you've got to have instant kind of identification and recall as to as to what that is. It's not like a football match where it's just, you know, on a pitch, back yeah, and forth. Yeah, yeah. There's there's things happening on the far side of the, the track that you can't see necessarily or haven't been featured for a while. And that's where, you know, the trying to cover everything becomes really, really tricky. And I, I do like the way that they brought picture in picture in now to, to the coverage. And I've been saying, you know, to, to, to the guys at uh, Formula One for years, Start doing a bit of that. What's that? So um, you'll see sometimes we'll be on, we'll be covering one thing on the main screen, and then you've got the the timing tower on the left hand side yeah, yeah. of the screen, and there'll be a box, and that will have 
some action in that box. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Yeah. And, and I think it's really, really important to bring that in because sometimes there are two stories going on at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Well, we said that we, we wanted to see more of the commentary where the box comes <laughs> up and you can see more in the box. So Abu Dhabi last year, we actually did put a camera in a commentary box. Mm. And some for some strange reason, and honestly, I didn't touch it, and Martin swears he didn't touch it, um, the camera that was kind of facing the both of us about 10 minutes before the start did that. No. And we've got a great bit of footage of Martin's feet. <laughs> during the last lap that would have been amazing video as well yeah. oh, oh yeah it, it, we we were pretty animated the thing that, that surprised me was that you guys stand up when you do the commentary well, why, yeah but I why pictured not you sitting down yeah no, it's so much better so much by better. standing up it frees the diaphragm doesn't mm. it and um it also just means we can we can get more excited we don't get lethargic you know yeah. we we don't fall asleep like you guys on the on the sofa on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Go on, you've all done it. <laughs> oh, what about straight after a race? You like run to the toilet because if it's been a delayed, <laughs> if it's been a delayed race, right? You must be desperate for a piss. There I mean, I would be. have been times, uh, and I do make sure that I go for a wee about twenty minutes before <laughs> they come to us. Um, sometimes a bit longer because you know, the toilet facilities are not great at all tracks. The, the, the porter cabins in Canada are particularly, well, that we used to have were particularly awful. The porter cabins in Imola that we still have are not particularly We had nice. holes in the floor in mm-hmm. Imola, we did, which yeah, was lovely. Nice. We, we were in Imola, yeah. yep. Yeah, well, we, we had porter loos that had been there all weekend. That, that wasn't that wasn't very nice, to be fair. Uh, the Canadian ones used to be worse because it used to be hotter and you know, the sun used to bake down. Uh, the five-star glory of Formula yeah. One, eh? In fact, we got taken off go. air once because of the uh, the porter loos in Canada. Um, just as Martin and I were talking, uh, about to talk in commentary, someone dropped off a, uh, a portaloo, but they dropped it right on top of the fibre optic cables, going back no. to the TV compound, oh, and managed to cut. We have like an A and a B twice as a backup, but managed to cut one A and one B from different lines. And so we went completely off air. Oh, shit. We were so crap, we got taken off air. <laughs> Funny, funny how those little mistakes happen. No one at home would even know that it was because <laughs> of a fucking portaloo. <laughs> yeah, but... It, 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 these these things do happen, you know. Mm. We've done enough races now to to have pretty seen uh, seen pretty much everything. But yeah, uh, we might bring Comcam in uh, for a bit. Um, there are times that I do race off to the loop, not often. It, bladder control very important uh, for a commentator. I've done I've left once uh, at Silverstone when we had an hour's uh, red flag. Um, I, I did go off to the loo there and left Martin talking, but the loos were next door, so that was okay. Mm-hmm. Belgium last year, we we were talking for a long time, obviously, because nothing was happening. Martin went to get a cup of tea and some biscuits and went to get the cup of tea. Imagine you guys' commentary box, muting the mic, quick yeah. fucking cookie, whack a hot chocolate, cup of tea. mic comes back on. Exactly. And then he realised it was this was going to take a while um, and we were going to be around for a while. And Martin was riding his bike back home, so he actually got changed whilst commentating. Because uh, nothing was happening, so we were just talking away. And he got changed from his shirt and uh, trousers to his full wet weather motorcycle gear. <laughs> That's such a weird thought. Yeah. Um, and at one stage, at one stage, he was stood there in his boxer shorts. I'm like, what's going on here? Is, you know? See, if you had a com cam then, that yeah, would have been hilarious. that would have been bad. You wouldn't have wanted that. <laughs> talking about Martin and talking, you talking about Jensen and other people. You've been in sport 17 years now are you friends like you must be so tight with certain people in the paddock like are you actually would you consider yourself friends with the drivers or like the teams or yeah look i i i I have a relationship with all the drivers and 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 the teams 
um, and I know a lot of people uh, within the teams. I think it's very, if you're going to have a friendship with a driver, it's got to be a really good friendship because mm-hmm. there are times you're going to say things that aren't full, you know, full praiseworthy of, of their efforts. And you have to be honest. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't, I would say yes, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with the drivers and, and certainly have been out, you know, for, for social time as it were, but you do, my, my first, my, my first responsibility is to, is to the viewers of Sky Sports and those that take our commentary around the world and to the sport itself. Um, and I try and be as honest as I possibly can. Sometimes you'd, you can't break a confidence. You'll know something, but you just can't. You can't break a confidence uh, in that respect. So friendships are really difficult mm-hmm. yeah. to have in that manner. But there, I, I have a lot of friends within Formula One and within the teams. And I've never had, I've never had a, a driver who has been upset or annoyed with me or was not prepared to stand and have a conversation with us. So, yeah. mm. so I, I, I try and, and see the positives and the pluses in, in all situations. Um, I remember, I remember first, because it was the first time I'd ever been on a private jet. Um, oh, I've never done a private yeah, jet. Yeah, we're still waiting for that. Oh, What's it, it like? It was lovely. To be honest. It was a small private jet, um, but we were in Austin and I was going off to, to do something with... Uh, uh, with Max, and uh, and for for a, uh, one of the Red Bull partners, um, you know, sponsors, and we were sat on a plane, and um, so as we're sat now, but a lot closer to each other, and there was Max, and there was his manager uh, Raymond, and there's myself, and a couple of guys from the sponsors. And there was only about six seats on the plane, and it was the day after the U.S. race, and. Um, Max, you, you remember the one when Max had overtaken Kimmy, but on the inside, and he got kicked off the podium just before he went onto the podium. So it was uh, a few years ago, right? Yeah, okay, no, you don't, yeah. right. <laughs> don't so, remember that one. So it, I, it was a bit, it was a bit controversial. We kind of sat there and you know making polite conversation. And I just, Max, should we get the elephant out of the room right now? He went, yeah. What's that? I went, they did the right thing, mate. He went. No, they didn't. I went, yes, they did. Oh, <laughs> you were so far off the track; they couldn't have left you on there. Well, I, did, I said, Max, honestly, mate, they, they really had to do that. They should have done it a bit earlier. You shouldn't have gone up to the cool-down room. But I think the stewards were right. They really were. And after a couple of minutes, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I do. I'm just a bit sore about it. I didn't, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really wanted that podium. And he's gone back and he's won races there, so that's fine. Um, but we had a really good chat about it. And, you know, my relationship with Max since, that was the first time I'd really kind of sat down in a social environment with him, seen him talked to him many a press conference mm. but our relationship since has been you know has been very good same same with lewis i've known lewis now for you know a long long time and, and i hope both of them will always feel that i'll be as honest as i can about a situation yeah so let's go back to Abu Dhabi again because i don't tweet about this because 140 characters just doesn't cover it but I get accused by Max fans of favouring Lewis and I get accused by Lewis fans of favouring Max. And what I would say about Abu Dhabi is that it wasn't right. Mistakes happened, as were pointed out in the FIA uh, in the FIA report into it. But the referee does make mistakes. You know, I'm, I've been to many a West Ham match and yeah. have left feeling a little bit robbed you by... You see football all the time. They've got exa- VAR and they still can't get it right. Correct. You've been to West Ham too. Right. Um, <laughs> 
you know, um, you're an Arsenal fan. I still, I still don't think our guy should have uh, been sent off at your place last year. Uh, Soufal should have been sent off because that was a perfectly well-timed tackle. Shouldn't have been a penalty. Fabianski saved it really well, but he shouldn't have been sent off. Got yeah, I mean, I completely night. disagree. But... Yeah, of course you do. But that's, <laughs> but, that, and that's, but that's sport and that's how it should be. Yeah, exactly. But what's going to change the result? Nothing. Yeah. The result's not going to change. And, and the, the referee is entitled to make a mistake because they're human. We don't like it as sporting fans. But I don't think it was manipulated in the way that the FIA, I certainly don't think, there's decided Max had to win the championship. You know, Jean Todd wasn't on the phone to Michael Massey going, right, you must give this to Max. I don't think Red Bull pressured Michael Massey into a situation. The team radio might make it sound that way, but Michael Massey isn't sat there, you know, thinking, oh, I must do what Red Bull say. Well, wasn't last year the first year they actually allowed the teams to talk to? Yeah, and, they sh- and, and they've now stopped that, which they yeah. should. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you, but it, you, can't, you can't blame Red Bull for trying to take advantage of, of it. If you're allowed to do it, then you're... Of course you can't, but they, sh- they shouldn't be able to do that. Um, mm. it's, it's, I don't think it's right that you know, a football manager is allowed to shout at a referee from the touchlines, mm. you know, even though sometimes David Moyes has to do it because we have been robbed again. Um, <laughs> but my, my, my theory is always mistakes happen. We don't like it, but we have to accept it. And, and what I find really difficult with Abu Dhabi at the moment is is a reluctance from people to accept that what's happened has happened and now it's time to move on. You know, and, and there's a lot of toxicity out there on social media. Mm-hmm. It's just got to stop because it doesn't do anybody any good because what's going to change? Nothing, you know? And, and I get accused of, oh, you haven't said anything on Twitter about it. Well, why? Yeah. You know, I, 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 I'll make a point and I'll make a point on air as I, as I have done. Martin will do the same. Ted will do the same. You know, we, we're all entitled to our opinions and our opinions are such that, you know, yes, it was a mistake. It was a horrible mistake. And, and one of the <laughs> things that I, I wanted to talk to Max about in the interview I did in, um, in, in Abu Dhabi with him is, did you feel for Lewis at the time? You know, because that was a hard one to take. And I yeah. thought Max was, was very generous in what he said uh, about Lewis that night. But it's... For the sake of us all, we've got to move on a little bit now, and and you know I'll show you on my Twitter feed the the tweets I've had in the last forty eight hours about it. You know, <laughs> it's just not right. It's something we're still learning as well because we've had like drivers on and we've been given these amazing opportunities. But same as you, like we we commentate and have our own show. We speak about it. They come on our show. They talk about it. We learn about them, and we then we 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 love these guys. Like they're part of the yeah. family. Then we we become friends with them. But then if they go and have a shit race or something happens, oh, we'll we have d- to we'll talk about, about it on the pod. So it's really difficult divide of mm. like holding a friendship. Like you say, it has to be so tight that they can laugh at the you've fact got, you've said You've that got or... to be respectful. And, 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 and the one thing I would say about every single driver that has graced the sport is that they have an ability that we don't have. You know, Formula One drivers just have this amazing ability to process a huge amount of information um, and and to be have an awareness that that a normal driver just doesn't have, and compute all this at two hundred miles an hour, and race wheel to wheel, and pull off some of the most incredible overtakes, and give us some of the most incredible excitement week after week after week. I couldn't do what these guys do, mm. you know. So having had three laps in an F one car, 
you know, I, I now realise. Is, is that how many times you've been out in a car? Three, three laps. In an F1 car. You drove it? I drove it. How was it? It was amazing. What basically. was it? Was it? <laughs> it was the Lotus that Kimi Raikkonen won in Australia oh, wow. Wow. at that time. It was it was the most amazing five minutes of my life, quite wow. frankly. But a newfound respect was, was delivered right there and then yeah. for everyone who gets in there and races. Mm. I was just struggling to keep the thing on the track and I was the only one on it. How was you your know? neck after that? My neck was okay. Which I was then told was because I wasn't going fast enough. But <laughs> I did 175 miles an hour Blimey. down the straight. That's that was bad. okay. I, it, I then thought, this is why I should never be an F1 driver. If I turned right down the straight, that would cause a right old mess. <laughs> you know how you know. That's what, what I'd be thinking. You know as when well, you're a kid, you suddenly... say like, "Don't press that red button." Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I could yeah. just what end I, it all right what now. What if I press that red button? Now? <laughs> it wouldn't have worked. I, I like. I like to go on Twitter because sometimes sometimes I'll get a stat idea from Twitter. I'll have some great interaction with people. I had the best bit of feedback um, ever uh, to any of my commentaries that I got off Twitter. Second race uh, that I'd done for Sky when uh, someone tweeted me, uh, Crofty, why don't you use the practice sessions to practice being a little less shit? <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> no, I thought that was great feedback. It was a brilliantly constructed <laughs> sentence. What did you say? Back? It, it, it was a heartfelt point. You know, he put he put across his point ever so well. I just liked it. I thought that's brilliant. I'll use that. I'll take that on board. I'll use it forever. I think what I'm Jeez. trying what I'm trying to say is, you know, I've got a very thick skin, and and you can say that, but I'd rather <laughs> rather people didn't. Although yeah. in this instance, mm. I thought it was quite funny. Yeah. Um, better than some of the comments I've had over the years. Um, but just. There's a toxicity, and, and it's, I think if people are having a bad time in their own life, they'll lash out to others. Mm. So I often think it's not me they're trying to lash out at, it's just life in general. And and it's I just happen to be the person that they that they want to shout at. It's definitely about. not you, because if they removed you from the sport, then it wouldn't be the same, and then they'd want you back. So oh, thank you for that. <laughs> it's 100% true. We spoke about it a little bit earlier, but like I said, that moment of you last year, this is why we've started the pod. I mean, our whole show, there you go. everything we've achieved this year has been... Uh, it's been the best year of my life. It's so I need to cut ever. then. Crofty, we, so, are, we yeah, owe you everything. Take it where you want. Take the laptop. Take my phone. <laughs> I, you said earlier there's a bit of memorabilia in here, but I'm yeah. looking around and I still can't. Yeah, see because you asked me for some memorabilia, right? And and I'm not a, I'm not a collector of memorabilia at all. I collect memories, um, but there is a bit of memorabilia in here. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. Like looking around. Did the candlestick? Hang on, that there's a center book. There is, well, that's not memorabilia. That's just, that's just a book. Oh, he's getting up again. Last time he's come back with the notes, we're oh, going to be now. Where's he off to? Where's he off to? Let's do the memorabilia. Oh, we're having a little look now around oh, the lounge. Oh, I've spotted it. Oh, what yes. are they? What is that? Wow. What are they? That's a gear. I thought it was a thing for, a, for think, a coffee. Right? It is. So that, it's, it, and it looks just looks really nice on the shelf. Um, that is from the 2009 Braun championship winning car that's oh. the second and third gear so Jensen oh. Button's car yeah let's go that's special wow so these actually won a championship they did wow and Braun are only around for one year right and so this is like the this, this is the, these are the only two gears in existence and what was wonderful um, so uh, Andrew Shovlin and his family uh, came round um, to the house um, and Andrew was Jensen's race engineer uh, that year and so he saw these and he went, is that what I think it is? I said, I don't know, mate. What do you think it is? He went, that's second and third gear off the brawn, isn't it? I went, how the hell do you know that? <laughs> yeah. I said, how would you honestly, know that? I said, I, I am 
you know, I am as impressed as I as I am absolutely disgusted at your complete anorak nature here. That's ridiculous. How do you know it, it was first surely, and second? Or of that car? He said, they he said yeah, well, we did something a bit different that year with them. I went, really? He went, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they stand out a mile. I said, well, they didn't stand out a mile to that's me. So I just thought they looked like crazy. a really good ornament. So that is from, that's from the brawn. That's wow. my... Uh, I'm going to hand these back. I don't feel, yeah, I don't feel comfortable holding this kind of thing. They're brilliantly machined as well. They are absolutely superb. We were, they just look really good on the shelf. They know? do look. They fit in with everything else that you've got chrome sort of going on. <laughs> but we, we were lucky enough to like get a little tour around Red Bull's garage uh, in Zanvor. Uh-huh. And we actually got to see like the engines and stuff. And wow, like what a piece of craftsmanship. Like, oh, just... How do these guys know what the fuck they're doing? <laughs> it's mental because they are they are very very clever people yeah, yeah you got and the they best have the studied best long marriage. and hard and uh, yeah form- see Formula 1 attracts the best of the best and as as long as you are good enough and prepared to prepare to put the effort in so that you continue being the best of the yeah. best and you inspire other people to be best of the best you will always find a natural home uh, in Formula 1 and, and, and I like that about the sport uh, the relentless nature of it keeps you young uh, as well because I still think that I've been in the sport for about three years because everything's just gone by in a blur. Yeah. It's the first thing I said to Simon Lazenby uh, when, when Sky got the rights. I said, mate, you know, I'll strap yourself in and hold on because this is quite a ride and things will just go by in a blur. This mm. last year... Yeah. Mate, we can't <coughs> believe how quickly this year's gone. Like It's end of season already and we felt yeah. like it started yesterday. It's, oh, I'm still back in nuts. Bahrain at winter testing. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So when, when does your kind of year start kicking off again? When do you start getting back into the we have Christmas, New Year? Like when are you back in F1 mode? Or do you never really switch off? I don't really switch off. Never. Uh, to be fair. Enjoy the World Cup for a bit now. I, I would enjoy the World Cup. Um, I'm, I'm addressing the Oxford Union on Tuesday, which is quite an honour, I must yeah. admit. So I've got to sit and write a speech. Uh, which is a bit weird because I don't write speeches out. Yeah, I was going to say, how comfortable are you doing anything away from commentary? Well, well, I'm comfortable doing the speech. It's just the writing part. You know, I, I, everything I do is it's normally off the it's top, like improvisation yeah. off the top yeah, of my yeah, head. Yeah. So now I've got to write out something for 15 minutes and uh, go and do that. So uh, what have Bill Clinton, the Dalai Lama and me got in common? We've all addressed the Oxford Union. It's a bit of a weird one. That, <laughs> it's not but bad people to I, compare against. I might, da- I might dine out on that one for a few years, to be fair. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it, it tails off a bit, obviously, in December. Uh, but you, you're straight back on it again uh, in January, launch season, uh, at the start of February, testing the week before mm. uh, the, the season starts. There, there'll be lots of preparation. But it's important to rest as well. You know, you, you need you need to try and rest up a bit because of the relentless nature. I'd, this is the first, first time I've spent more than three days at home since trying to think since before i went to austin wow. to be honest because obviously we were in vegas yeah, together yeah, yeah. On, on the week off in between mm-hmm. uh, mexico and brazil which was a great weekend by the way you it wasn't forward, bad was it you think it's going to be a good race next year <laughs> sorry excuse me i hope it's going to be a good race i think it's going to be an amazing experience i think it's going to look sensational i hope mm. the track gives us a lot of overtaking opportunities and a few crashes going on actually weren't they a couple of them went into the wall lewis, yeah, lewis said that he stopped when he was doing the donuts because he actually put so much smoke up in the air he couldn't see where he was going <laughs> which, and then so you know remember in brazil when george went off in qualifying 
and then he spun the car around to try and get back out on the yeah. track again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually admitted that because he'd been to Vegas and he was doing donuts the week before, it helped him out. That gave him the idea to try and spin it round, do a donut. Sadly, uh, he ended up in the gravel, um, and it didn't quite work well, out as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. He did, didn't he? Yeah, but Ve- Vegas kind of helped him out a little bit on that uh, inspiration. To be mm. fair, but yeah. Um, We'll, we'll, we'll try and have a nice family time of it now because it's important to spend a bit of time with the family because they don't see a huge amount of me yeah. during the course of the year. Well, mate, appreciate you taking the time. You mean you literally got back from Abu Dhabi yesterday and we're already... <laughs> Absolute pleasure. You got the yeah, pizza, um, yeah, you got about another five minutes. So I've got to go and get my hair cut. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got, well, I go to the same... I go to the same hair... Hairstylist, barbers, uh, that I've been going to now for, God, 22 years. And um, they know who you are, what you do. Yeah, but they, they they know me as the bloke who comes in to get his hair cut and hasn't changed it in the well, last 22 years. For. Well, two and a half on the side, to be fair. A bit messy on top. Give it a trim. Very Honestly, nice. the reason I go back there is because, is because I don't have to say what I want done. Susie knows what I <laughs> yeah. want done. Just sit down and start gossiping. You must have stylists on the road, though. If you're doing like a triple oh, header. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make, yeah makeup. makeup, everything. Yeah. Vocation, not vacation. <laughs> <laughs> mate oh. it's been an order to sit down with you well, like we said yeah, before thank mate you so much. big inspiration with what we do so it's nice to be in your home chatting thank and, you uh, I think we're going to spend probably a lot of time together next year if you don't mind I don't mind that at all can we talk metal next year because we haven't talked metal at all we haven't talked metal you are, you're a massive metalhead yeah um, so am I who are you into I like Slipknot do you like Slipknot? New album's amazing. It is, yeah. He, like he on YouTube all the time. All he's doing is searching for videos of Slipknot, new ones, because you can't see. Yeah, I love it. You don't know much about them. Is well, I'm right? just always trying to find new information. Like as a kid, I just loved googling my favorite bands. But I like Deftones, like Foo Fighters, like who doesn't? Yeah, anyone? You seen Slipknot live? Yeah, I have like four times. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> have you? Yeah. No, they're touring next year. That's fucking. <laughs> should, let's we go. Yeah, yeah, should we go? Yeah, should we go together? Let's guys. go. Well, they're doing. Actually, they're doing download, aren't they? Have you been to download? <laughs> Have I been to download? Have you really? Right, okay. Without trying to sound like an old man here, um, I was at download. And every year for 30 years. I was at download before they started calling it download. Yeah, I was at Monsters of Rock. Um, but we took da- we took Danny Rick uh, to download. Oh, no way. This is one of my favourite features we ever did at Sky. Um, <laughs> I said to Danny, I said, um, Parkway Driver playing download this year. He went, yeah, mate, I know. I said, it's a weekend off. He went, yeah. I said, if I can get the passes... Should we do some filming? I'm like, go and see Parkway Drive together. They're Australian band, isn't they? Yeah, but he's a big fan of theirs. I said, Gaslight Anthem are playing the same day as well. He went, oh, if you, if you could. Do Who? It. Gaslight Anthem? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love them. Yeah. You, you've never even heard of them. <laughs> no, I've got a 59 Sound, handwritten, two classic tracks. Anyway, um, so I phoned up. The press people put down. I went, can I have nine passes, please, to come and do some filming? <laughs> and why is that? So I explained the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we can sort that out, no problem. So we all we all went up to uh, to Donington, and um, on the way up, I said to to, to Daniel, um, "So how do you like living in Woburn Sands anyway? Well, it's all right." I said, well, "It's not exactly you know driver territory, but I can understand it because obviously you know you're in the Red Bull Sim quite a bit." Mm. Um, he said, yeah, but I'm, I'm moving to Monaco soon, so I'm not going to be there for long. I went, I'm moving to Monaco. I went, yeah. I said, there's only two reasons people move to Monaco, uh, Daniel. I said, they like the sunshine and they're about to get a massive pay rise. <laughs> he went, well, it might be the latter. I went, are you, go- are you moving to Red Bull? He went, well, I can't say. I said, well, I think Mark Webber's retiring. <laughs> He said, why is that? I said, because he took us all out for uh, for dinner in uh, Australia and he's never taken the media out for dinner before. So it's obviously his <laughs> yeah, last year. Yeah. And um, I said, so you'll be the next in line. 
He went, well, yeah, I, could, could be. I said, right, okay, do you trust me? He went, yes. I said, if I ask you a couple of questions on film about it and promise not to show this until you get the job announced uh, properly, can I ask you a couple of questions? Yeah, yeah, no worries. So I asked him a couple of questions That's along great. the lines of, if Mark retires, you know, are you ready for it? And he's like, yeah, 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 I'm ready. I forget what his answers were. And um, lo and behold, he gets the Red Bull seat. And we had this big feature with Daniel Ricciardo at Download. Um, oh, it was that Download? Did you ask the question? Uh, yeah, Sick. that we could uh, we could put out. So, you know, Daniel, thank you. Did us a really good favour on that one. And, you know, we kind of had the exclusive. So, <laughs> so either way, we walked around Download all day. So he was a Toro Rosso driver then. We got recognised by two people which I think would change a bit now. I think he'd get recognised by a you few more. funny oh, glasses. And then when Partway Drive came on, we did a brilliant bit with Partway Drive. In fact, we got um, we got the band to uh, to give us a lights out and away we go, like a like a you know, proper metalcore version. Yeah. Uh, so Winston did as a lights out away we go, <laughs> and, and it was mega. Someone lost the footage. I've no idea no. what that went. So we lost that. You have to do one at your show. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing Silverstone next year. Are you? Well, I'm putting it out into the ether. We're yeah. trying. We're going to make it happen. I'll have a chat with him. What do you play? Uh, drums. I knew he was a drummer. Yeah, if we hit it from all angles. <laughs> we, we're just manifested we at the moment. Do I feel like if we'll Crofty asked someone something, yeah. they're probably yeah. going to say yes. I'll have, I'll have a word with the powers that be. So, <laughs> so we lost that footage. And we also lost the bit where Parkway Drive came on and Daniel said... I want to go in the mosh pit. I went, well, come on then. Here's a GoPro. Let's do it. No, really. So we, we had GoPro footage of a Formula One driver in the middle of the season, <laughs> in the middle of a mosh pit. I bet his team was fucking losing well, it. No one even realised it was him. Well, the team never knew. So the team never knew he did it. <laughs> oh, and you've we, lost this. We never told him. We've now lost the footage, oh, which is no. absolutely appalling. But we looked after him. We made sure he was okay. But we, it was a mega feature. So, yeah, we did we did download. But let's go back and do a Slipknot a download. Yeah, I'd and love two, to. And two nights of Metallica, a Thursday and a, and, and a Saturday. All right. completely but, different set lists. But the deal is we have to bring someone else from F1, like Martin Brundle. Yeah. Okay, I've, or I've, Ted, or someone okay, so who shouldn't be there. I've taken Martin to West Ham. I've taken him to the darts. I have a picture of Martin with a foam finger. Uh, you know, yeah. one of those giant foam, <laughs> yeah. foam hands. It's um, buy a scrapbook. The photos in the scrapbook. Um, who could I bring? Paul DeResta would never do it because he hates heavy metal. I took Johnny and Ant to see. It's Aer- got to be someone who who would fucking hate it. So I, I took Johnny and Ant to Sierra Smith in Austin once under protest with them both going oh I've no idea what they, they, they sing and after two songs Johnny's like oh these guys are great I know what they do and yes Johnny I did say <laughs> to be fair um, but yeah uh, let's uh, let's see what we can do alright because there are some great bands yeah Download's fucking awesome as long as it doesn't rain I went oh, in 2009 no, if, it, if it rains that makes it no mate I went in 2009 and they called it Drownload because there was literally <laughs> about this much water my whole tent was soaked like yeah. it was brutal yeah don't do that we'll do some glamping alright we'll get a caravan deal from from the beautiful like F1 paddock pass like club beautiful food to some fucking shit field <laughs> in the middle of nowhere <laughs> pissing with rain music blasting in your ears damn right that's I'm a all perfect way to spend a weekend off Perfect. <laughs> Unreal. Crofty, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure. This has been a le- one of my favourite podcasts we've ever done. It's, yeah, it's been unreal. Yeah, we're now going to go and put the latest Slipknot album on. You, you better go. <laughs> yeah, I'll go way outside of the car. Cheers for having me, guys. And the new Megadeth album is even better. <laughs> Joe, I haven't actually really listened to Megadeth that much. Yeah, what? But I, I will. I, I I know a few songs, yeah. but 
all right. Who sells, but who's buying? It's classic. When did it come out? When did the album come out? I got it about four weeks ago. See ya. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, thanks for coming on, Crofty. Pleasure. Take care. And you. Spirit Studios.